Welcome to International Podcast Month, or IPM. IPM is brought to you by the organizational team, Cole, Tess, and Theron. A very special thank you to all of our participants, without whom this event wouldn't be possible. And now, on to the episode. Welcome to International Podcast Month. Today, we're playing Root, the role-playing game, created by Magpie Games. It's a Powered by the Apocalypse game based on the board game Root, a game of woodland might and right, which was created by Letter Games. In the Root RPG, the player characters are vagabonds, wanderers and adventurers traveling the woodland and taking jobs from a variety of competing factions. This tale of war, conquest, and political intrigue is not about humans, but rather about the mice, foxes, wolves, birds, and other woodland creatures who are vying for control, power, and security. I hope you enjoy today's story. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour, an actual play podcast about going to school, arguing with your parents, and ruining your favorite outfit while hunting horrible monsters. Narrative-driven and crisply edited with painfully relatable characters. Monster Hour follows unlikely heroes JR. Super suspicious. That's sort of my deal. Constance. I may be a bit of a know-it-all, but I might actually know it all. And Alvin. I'm monstrous. As they unravel the sinister mysteries of a strange Colorado town. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, Buffy, or the Adventure Zone Amnesty, you'll love Monster Hour. Tune in for new episodes every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. They've outgrown their age of rebellion, dulled the Empire's edge. Defeated Imperial generals and the Pirate Queen's dredge. They've been soldiers and scoundrels, what's there left to be? How about Las life looking for their force and destiny? There's a seer, hermit, investigator, and teacher better watch your back or a vibe or ring's gonna reach you. Will this team find the light or will darkness win the day? Find out with the heroes of the Hydean Way. Find us at thehydeanway.com. Who will you find? On the Chimera. A uh, light-eating space monster. A seven-foot-tall heretical catman. The human hacker, gadgeteer, and technophile. A galactic lawyer from the wrong side of the Akashic bleed. A living financial instrument. Sort of like a, a rhino centaur, almost. Hamster people. Chinchilla people. Chinchilla, Chinchilla people. people. The bog witch of Zed. The honorable Lord Mayor. A bright red mustachioed land manatee. Technical or werewolf guys. Janelle Monet. Yeah, she's Janelle Monet. Exactly. This is the halfling Janelle Monet. The Chimera. Unexpected characters in unlikely situations. Clever Corvid's Productions is a podcast production company focused on actual plays and social justice. Our first show, The Magpies, a Blades in the Dark actual play, has just concluded. Follow us on Twitter at clever underscore Corvid's for the latest updates on our new show. It is early summer in the woodland, a time when the forests and clearings are abuzz with activity. Farmers work their fields and orchards, artisans craft new wares, and musicians compose new songs. But all is far from peaceful. The military-industrial might of the Marquis de Cat continues to spread, the sounds of their sawmills and factories echoing through the woodland. The once mighty Eerie dynasty takes to the clear summer skies to scout and prepare for where to strike next, and the Woodland Alliance moves through the shadows and the warm, dark nights, 
awaiting opportunities to ambush and sabotage the woodland's would-be rulers. And among it all are the vagabonds. Loyal to no faction and bound to no clearing, the vagabonds are wanderers, mercenaries, adventurers, and scoundrels. While often regarded with equal amounts of respect and fear by the denizens of the woodland, the factions vying for power all understand their usefulness. Vagabonds have unique skills, and those skills can be bought for the right amount of coin. Our tale begins at sunset, just outside Sundell Clearing. Sundell is best known for the Whispering Grasses Monastery, a place of contemplation and crafting specializing in fine textiles and finer whiskies. The clearing has recently fallen under eerie rule, with a ruthless sheriff enforcing strict laws, including curfews. This meeting will have to be quick. Three vagabonds are gathered just off the side of the path leading into the forest, awaiting their contact. So, let's start with Ben. Uh, Introduce yourself and tell us about your character. Oh, I'm Ben. I'm playing Thicktail, the Tinkerer, and I'm a, playing a beaver that is on a bit of a wanderabout. After things going weird up north, they've decided to make their way to uh, the Marquita Cats area and see what's sort of... Uh, Resistance can be uh, created amongst the woodland creatures. All right. Uh, Quinn, could you tell us about your character? Yeah, uh, I'm and Quinn. And about you. Yes, <laughs> uh, I'm Quinn. Uh, my pronouns are he, him. Uh, you can usually find me over on Monster Hour. And today I'm playing Lyndon Quell, the Ronin. Uh, Lyndon Quell is a, a crane. Uh, he also uses he, him pronouns. He has a, a simple look uh, and always carries with him his uh, chess set a gift from his former lord uh with whom he had uh something something of a falling out uh you might say linden served uh as a knight for a a lord in the eerie dynasty for many many years before uh his master was deposed by the woodland rebellion and and during that uh he uh and during that trial he saw sort of the the callous ambition of the dynasty and his his former master uh, and he has vowed never to serve a master again, and instead is committed himself to a, a life of wandering and defense of those who need defending. All right, and Vin. Hi, I'm Vin. I am playing Vix Vermilion, a foxy vagrant in every sense. Uh, Vix, early in her life, fell for the wrong girl and crossed the wrong family in the process, and her life fell apart. And she's essentially been living by her wits ever since. It's been a while. Uh, she's probably one of the older members of the group. She doesn't look for trouble, but, you know, she'll accept it if it comes along. <laughs> All right. And, uh, your, your group here, um, has, has, Worked together before. You you have some history with each other, which we will perhaps learn more about uh, during your quest. Um, as as you're waiting, watching the sun sink lower and lower over the trees, you see uh, a pair of mice coming towards you, uh, leading a a cart. 
um, uh, a, a fairly heavily laden cart. There's a number of, of crates and boxes uh, neatly stacked on it. Um, it's being pulled by a, a pack beetle. And the, the two mice are um, perhaps acting a little too casual. Uh, <laughs> they, they're trying very hard to seem relaxed and normal, um, so much so that it almost ends up drawing more attention. They, they make their way over to you, uh, and, and kind of glance around a bit and are, say, um, one of them steps forward and says, uh, I'm, I'm Jinx and this is Nomi. Uh, you're the, um, the contacts? Yeah. All right. Um, well, uh, I know that uh, initially we had to be a little light on the, the details of the job. Uh, we, we don't want anything to get intercepted by, the Eerie or the Marquis. Um, and uh, Nomi uh, kind of climbs up onto the, the cart uh, and, and is digging around in a, a small pack. And um, as she's doing so, you, you can see kind of hidden a, a little bit under a sleeve, but as, as she's reaching, it, it is revealed there's a, a green armband, which is a, a common symbol of the Woodland Alliance. Um, and, and Jinx continues... These are supplies that we need to get to uh, some of our members in Oakenhold Clearing. Normally, we would wait for a, a shipment that's sent from the monastery and smuggle our things in there, but this is urgent. Um, your contact in Oakenhold is Donna. Uh, she owns a, an orchard um, uh, on the edges of Oakenhold. The trip... Uh, if you stick to the paths, should be something you can clear in a night. So if you leave now, you should get there by tomorrow morning. Uh, we have half of your payment now, um, and the, the other mouse, Nomi, will hop down off the carriage uh, and hold out three small uh, purses of coin. Uh, and then Jinx says, and you'll get your other half from Donna once everything here is safely delivered. <laughs> any any questions? We can't stay too long. We have to get in before the curfew. Can we expect any trouble along the way? <sighs> well, it's the forest at night. I, there's a reason we're not going. You're all far more capable to handle any trouble. Um, there may be patrols, uh, Erie or Marquis, um, and... Well, whatever else might be out in the forest. What's... What is all this? What's all this? Is there a manifest? No. Uh, it is... The mice are kind of exchanging looks, and they, they seem reluctant to give you more details. Um, and, and Jinx will just kind of say, it's important resources for the Alliance. Um, I will say, if, if you would like to, uh... Figure them out? Try to, yeah, yeah, uh... Am I, I am trying to think if this is figure someone out or persuade. Uh, I'm, Let I'm me. specifically looking to read them, rather than Okay, coax. yeah, definitely figure, yeah, definitely figure someone out then. So you will roll, uh, with charm. All right, I got that. Yeah. Eleven. Okay, so you have three hold, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and you can spend uh, hold one for one uh, to ask me a, a question about um, uh, 
what uh, what is going on here. So, uh, I think the first thing is: Are they being straight with us? Yes, they they're they're being truthful. These these are supplies for the Woodland Alliance, but they don't want to tell you what it is specifically. Uh, I think Vic sort of leans in. Okay, I don't need maybe a full list, but is there something in here that's hotter than one might expect? No, Nomi pipes up. It's nothing explosive. Aww. Mm, is there something in here that if someone were to poke through this cart, uh, the contents of the cart would be mm, worse for us than the fact that we were removing it? Yes. Don't let anybody look through the crates. Mm. Um, Vic sort of glances at the other two, like, trying to gauge the party's read on this. I'm gnawing on a twig. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I probably should have expected that. (laughs) Um, I think Lyndon just gives a, a sort of skeptical look and looks at... Uh, Jinx and Nomi does. Anything that's going to cause harm to anyone? Anyone who's not deserving? No one who's not deserving. Fine by me. They they kind of exchange a look again and Nomi sort of shrugs and then will offer up. It's something that'll help against the Marquis. They have a pretty tight hold in Oakenhold and this might loosen that grip a little. As long as it is not going to blow up while we're transporting it, then I am fine. No explosives. (laughs) Fine by me. Nomi is very clear on that. (laughs) Almost as if she's had trouble with explosives before. (laughs) Um, Actually, I can spend a hold for... How can I get them to give me the whole story? You'd need to... uh, Demonstrate some level of either trustworthiness or commitment to their cause, kind of above and beyond just being paid for it. Yeah, I 100% do not have uh, either of those options. Um, I don't think I would either. Okay, if you guys are good with this, then I'm good with this. Seems like a chance to level the playing field. I am in. It could be fun. Though, sadly, no explosives. Does everything need to arrive there intact, or can it be slightly rearranged? Um, if you need to move things around, that's okay, but, uh, I mean, there's nothing in there that's really easily breakable, so, you know, just everything should still be in the same condition that it is right now, ideally. Okay. I take their money. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, you take the coin um it it you know you, the the early terms of setting this up um kind of had the amounts and you're getting paid a, a decent amount for a walk through the woods and uh nomi kind of glances up at the sky and, and tugs on jinx's sleeve and is like we we have to get back if we're gonna get home before the curfew um and jinx nods and is like be safe uh, good luck um and Hopefully, this will be the start of a mutually beneficial partnership. Vic sort of weighs the the pouches in her hand. I think so. 
<laughs> so the, the two mice hurry back into the clearing. Uh, the, the pack beetle that's been standing there very placidly this whole time uh, will plod along down the path behind you uh, as the, the sun fully sets. The nature of the woodland is basically divided into sort of three areas. You have your clearings, which are the places where the denizens live and the places that the various factions are fighting for control of. Um, those are, you know, bastions of civilization. Then you've got the paths. These are the connections between the different clearings. Um, these are usually pretty well patrolled by some faction or other, usually the Marquis or the Erie, but there still is some danger on them. And then there's the forests. Nobody goes into the forest except vagabonds. Uh, the forests are untamed wilderness and contain uh, all sorts of dangers and unknowns. Being able to survive in the forest is kind of what makes Vagabonds special. You have the skills and the know-how to uh, survive in places where most people wouldn't even dare tread. So as, as the three of you set off uh, down the path, what, what's, the, what's the mood? Are you all kind of excited, bored? Uh, is there anything that you all want to talk about as you're, you're setting forth? I think Lyndon is in, in good spirits. Um, he spent so much time in the, like the, the courts, um, sort of around sort of the, the nobility and aristocracy of the Erie. He, anytime he gets to travel through the paths, albeit, you know, they're dangerous, but the, the quiet is, is nice. Uh, and, you know, I think, accepting this job and and knowing <laughs> hoping anyway uh that it's going to bring some some good to folks he's you know he's got a little little pep in his step a little little jaunt um he's, <laughs> he's whistling a little ditty which i'm not going to do because i'm not musically inclined but he is <laughs> yeah vix is not a woodland girl she's uh way more of a townie uh frequently a barfly um but <laughs> she she definitely can pick up on linden's mood and like Let's that carry over a bit. Um, but she's also not so much curious as distrustful of the contents of this cart. So uh, while we're going along, uh, once we're sort of out of eye shot of the clearing, she's going to poke around and see if she can't like sort out what's what by, you know, prodding and shaking various boxes. Okay, um, so you're just gonna, without opening them up, you're just kind of giving things a shake? Yeah. Listening? Okay, um, hmm, I'm trying to see if there's a, a roll that I could have you make here. Wreck something. <laughs> no! <laughs> um, Not intentionally. <laughs> I think this might just be... Is this a tense situation? Not really. Not quite. I think I'm just going to go with trust fate. That's kind of the one that you use when none of the others fit. <laughs> <laughs> so so roll with luck. That I don't have. Uh, seven. Seven. Okay. You, you pick up one of the crates and like give it a, give it a shake. And 
some things rattle around, uh, and then there's kind of a loud, like, thunk, and a sword blade pokes out of a gap in the wood, uh, like a few inches. Um, so you have learned that at least part of what is being moved here is weapons. Unfortunately, one of those weapons is now kind of visibly jutting out of the box. I think as we're walking along, I just lean over and look at the blade. Hmm. It's a nice blade. High quality. Good for them. <laughs> I'm going to very gingerly try and slide it back in. Why don't you just give me roll with finesse, mm. I think. That's my worst um, option. Yeah, not... <laughs> uh, seven. Okay. You, you're you able to, to wedge it back in, but something's going to happen. I have to look at the harm rules. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this is why I don't carry a weapon. They're dangerous. <laughs> This one's not even being wielded by anyone. That just makes it more fun. <laughs> I think that you're going to mark one injury. Um, you just cut your, your hand pretty badly as you are pushing this back into the box. But it's once again concealed. Shit, shit, shit. Ow, fuck. Okay, yeah, it's sharps. They're all very sharp. Fine. I told you it was a fine weapon. Oh, good. I'd hate to be delivering stuff that needed to be sharpened there. Teaching new people to sharpen swords is problematic at times. Yes, hardly good for for fomenting rebellion. Yeah, after the rebellion, perfect time to teach. <laughs> yes, yeah, so after that, uh, Vic sort of sulkily uh, climbs up onto the back of the cart and starts bandaging her hand. Yeah, hmm. you can wrap it up. She pulls out a, a she pulls out a flask of Sundell whiskey, puts just a <laughs> tiny bit on the bandage, and then much more of it into her mouth. <laughs> ah, the the actions of experience. <laughs> so you're trundling along. Um, it's a lot slower, I think, than you're used to moving. Um, you know, on foot as as vagabonds, you're you're all pretty swift through the the forests and paths um but you've you've got a cart with you now um and you know the the beetle is plodding along um i i feel like it's kind of the you know it's it's the speed of a a, a walking horse so it's okay yeah it's it's not crawling along but you know could one ride a, a, the beetle? a nice steady steady pace I had the same thought. <laughs> <laughs> and as you are going along, um, the, the sun is fully set, the, the stars and the moon are out. It's not uh, right at a full moon, but it's close, so it's reasonably well uh, illuminated. And as you are going along, you notice a shadow pass over the moon. And you look up to just in time to to catch sight of a uh, a winged figure uh, flying overhead, possibly an eerie scout. Maybe there's a patrol. Is there 
you know, as a as a former, I guess, servant of the Eerie, is there any sort of knowledge that I might have about scouting practices? Yes, absolutely. Um, you would know that uh, for for patrols, the Eerie like to take advantage of their kind of aerial superiority. So they will frequently have one or two um, soldiers up in the air and then a couple on the ground. Um, so they, they've got eyes above the tree line and below the tree line. Um, so they can kind of see everything. So, and the Eerie also, unless they are sending out like a spy or an assassin or something, they don't operate alone. So if you're seeing one, there's probably more. I quickly and very surreptitiously relay this to the group. Like, if the Eerie has scouts, then it's quite likely that they have more on foot. Prepare yourselves, and if they approach, remember, it's jarred pickles. <laughs> That's why it rattles. Oh, okay. Thick's gonna <laughs> pull out one of their hammers and... Uh, slap their tail to the ground, sort of straightening up. <laughs> Love it. It's, <laughs> it's just a great visual. Yes. Um, is Vix doing anything to kind of prepare for a, a possible confrontation? Uh, I think, if anything, she's trying to look more nonchalant, like just in the cart, kind of lounging, as if she doesn't expect any kind of problem. Okay. Yeah, and I... I I should be clear. Lyndon, I, I haven't drawn my sword at all. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm continuing a pace, but just very aware of my surroundings if the the Eerie is nearby. Yeah, so uh, sure enough, um, within a few more minutes, you kind of come around a, a bend in the path, and there are uh, three uh, Eerie soldiers walking in your direction um they're they're wearing uh the livery of the the latest dynasty uh the the eerie are not a consistent people they to outsiders present themselves as an ongoing uh continuous line of rule but uh in reality um there are frequent changes in leadership as the courts uh install one leader and then overthrow them as different factions form and break up and shift around. Uh, so the the uniform that they're wearing is uh, a bit different than what you remember, Lyndon, um, but still definitely eerie. Uh, and they are armed with long swords and uh, bows. Um, and very quickly, uh, the the kind of one who's walking a little bit out in front spots you and just like, Halt! What are you doing out on the road after curfew? Hail and well met. We are simply on an overlong delivery and are hoping to reach Oakenfold before uh, running into any sort of trouble. We threw a wheel. It took us like six hours to fix. The sun was not supposed to be down by now. Could I... Um... Could I persuade you that this is a social environment dependent dependent on manners and etiquette by chance? <laughs> uh yeah, yeah. I I think so. You're you're presenting yourself as a just humble merchants conversing with the the local authorities. So yeah, yeah I'll 
I'll grant you that. Wonderful. I'm <laughs> going to use my well-mannered ability then. Uh, so when okay, I enter into is... such... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, t- tell us what that ability does. Well, it's not one of the standard moves. When I enter into such an environment that is dependent on manners and etiquette, I can roll with cunning. Uh, and on a 10 plus, I hold three. On a seven to nine, I hold two. And I can uh, use those holds to uh, gain a variety of social advantages. Okay, cool. Yeah, go ahead and, and make that roll. That is nine on the dice. Uh, okay. <laughs> plus two. Uh, 11. Okay. All right. So you've got three hold. Um, I, I think I'm going to spend one of those right away to to charm someone and take plus one on going while I speak to them. Okay. Uh, so if I, I need to I do anything with this person. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the leader. I, I think that uh, be, because you you are uh, a, a fellow bird and you're the, you, because you started talking first, uh, they're assuming that you're the one in charge of this operation. Um, so it, it seems a little more trustworthy. Still, still a little odd. Thick, what are, what are you up to as, as this scene is unfolding? Playing off of the, uh, discussion about the, uh, wheel earlier, I'm with my hammer that's out gently rapping on the <laughs> axle and just sort of sh- miming that it's been repaired. <laughs> yeah, so so just, yeah, trying to <laughs> play off it. Like, we humble merchants, you've had some bad luck. Look, we're fixing our wagon. Everything is fine here. So the uh, the leader seems to relax a little bit. Um, but still, it's just like, it is well past curfew, and it's a long way to Oakenhold. You should return to, to Sundell. Uh, we can escort you to make sure you get there safely. Are we further uh, from Oakenhold than we are from Sundell at this point? Yes, yeah. You're like maybe an hour or two out from Sundell, and... You know, you're you're not going to get to Oakenhold until after sunrise, so you've you've got another probably five or six hours ahead of you. I think I um, take a couple steps forward uh, and 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 just sort of put on a bit of a a bit of a moping attitude. If we if we return to Sundell, it will be serious harm or or worse for my companions and I. Our employer is does not look fondly upon those who return without completing the job if you're willing to escort us could you escort us to oakenhold can i assist with that yeah uh so when when linden sort of goes into that spiel i hop down and like also lean in sort of you know very candidly i he's he's trying to uh look our boss is my ex and (laughs) <laughs> boy i really can't go back there like that's enough problems already but not getting this done is it's it would be not good be deeply embarrassing because it was it was recent and it's it's really complicated <laughs> you know <laughs> all right so <laughs> linden uh, I'm, I'm going to have you roll to persuade an NPC. Uh, so that'll be uh, with charm. 
I was trying to trick, but that's okay. Um, okay. And, oh, to, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, no, to, to trick an NPC also works. Yeah, no, that, that actually does make a lot more sense, tricking, so you're going to trick an NPC, um, and Vix, you uh, can mark a point of exhaustion to add plus one to that roll. I'll do that. With your, your, your tale of, of romantic embarrassment. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, okay. Yeah, so go ahead and, and roll the dice. Let's see. That is, uh, again, a nine on the dice, um, plus two cunning, plus one, so 12. Okay. So on a hit, they take the bait and do what you want. So the the three of them kind of look at each other and like the, the two and back seem to be kind of amused by by Vix's romantic woes. Um but the uh the leader will will just sort of nod in understanding and, and says, uh, I uh, I understand having a, a a difficult uh supervisor. Um we're supposed to be patrolling the uh the path tonight, so uh should be alright to walk with you to, to Oakenhold. Uh, I'm uh, Dugan, the sergeant in charge of this patrol, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll stick with you and make sure that you arrive safely. You are most kind, good sir. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, we, we deeply appreciate your, your assistance and your understanding. How straight-laced does Dugan seem? More... More straight-laced than the other two. The other two definitely were, were kind of snickering to themselves about your, your romantic entanglements, um, whereas he was just kind of stoic. Um, but not a complete stick in the mud. Um, you can kind of tell that like there, there was some genuine understanding of like, yeah, my boss is a hard-ass too. Like, didn't, didn't say it is, is too well-trained for that. <laughs> You you all spent a little bit of time in Sundell. You uh, probably didn't have any direct run-ins with the sheriff, but I think you kind of heard some things about him. And uh, if if this guy is reporting to the sheriff in Sundell, yeah, he he's probably very much understands a difficult employer. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm just so I'm gonna yeah, just very subtly like glance down at the flask that I haven't bothered to put away and then sort of glance at each of them in turn, like with a very mild offer. Uh, Hmm. (laughs) Are you, yeah. What are, what are you, what are you trying to accomplish with this? So I'm thinking that I might try and use pleasant facade, which is when you suck up to or otherwise butter up an unsuspecting NPC roll charm. And then I get some holds to divert their suspicion or aggression. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Give it a shot. We're just going to completely ensorcel these guards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Y'all are going to be the best of friends. <laughs> okay. That's a six. That's not good. Man, a pair of twos. Oof. Okay. So what, what happens on a miss? On a miss, with, with your attempts at flattery are suspicious. They're going to keep an eye on you. Okay. Can I? So I... <laughs> One of my yeah, op- go ahead. oh sorry, uh, one of my options for well mannered is to cover up a social faux pas on behalf of you or an ally. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
can I just as as this like whiskey is being offered, can I just like reach over and grab it and tuck it behind my back? <laughs> <laughs> so so I I think. <laughs> I think yeah, Vic's kind of very is is you know subtly kind of making this offer, and the the two follower uh, soldiers like kind of look a little uh, surprised that you would be making this offer, and the the captain or the the sergeant starts to look like almost offended, uh, and is you know squinting <laughs> squinting at Vix, and then uh, Quinn, you can just kind of swoop in. <laughs> Yeah, I just I just pluck it like, Vix, thank you so, so much. I was uh, getting a little bit parched after explaining all of our uh, various and sundry unfortunate events. Thank you. And I take like the smallest, just like little quaff <laughs> and then hand it back to Vix. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, so so I, I think that by spending that hold, you, you, you Vix will evade the, uh, the, suspi- the immediate suspicion. So you, you start moving again. Um, one of the, the soldiers, uh, takes back to the air, um, and is, is just kind of, you know, patrolling up there. Um, you can kind of see their shadow, uh, passing over the moon occasionally. And yeah, so you're, you are just strolling down a nighttime forest path with a couple of eerie guards (laughs) and a cart full of contraband. What could go wrong? What this could go wrong? Seems perfectly uh, safe. I mean, yeah. Thick is probably just yeah. Thick is just going to be looking over the weapons of the eerie guards on account of new weapons, wanting to see what quality they are, and just oh, so this is your kind of bow, and yeah. So, um, I think you you uh, being being a tinkerer and crafter. Uh, recognize that their um, all of their weapons fall into uh, what is referred to as eagle craft, and they're interesting weapons. Eagle craft. They basically they're they're a little more fragile. They're they're fairly delicate, um, and they're built for offense more than defense. Uh, very sharp, wicked blades, um, barbed arrowheads. And so what often happens to, to wielders of these weapons is they are able to do a lot of damage. They can hurt you very badly. Um, but they tend to also kind of take damage in return. Um, and their weapons need repair fairly frequently. I imagine that if you have ever worked uh, in an area with an eerie outpost, um, there's pretty constant stream, you know, stream of, of work for somebody who can do weapon repairs and maintenance. Thick is mostly just looking at them as, and inspecting where, since these are uh, weapons are on patrol, essentially trying to see where the where has been happening so that if things all go to heck, that there's a better chance of like my traveling companions not ending up as pink cushions because that would be bad form as we're traveling could i strike up a conversation with sergeant dugan absolutely uh i think i just kind of want to you know i think part of it is i'm interested in what's going on in oakenhold but i'm also just kind of trying to keep him busy like mm-hmm. or at least like distracted so he's not if he's got attention to focus on what's outside in the woods uh, and 
you know, uh, whatever other attention he might have, I would like it to be directed at me rather than uh, our our cargo. So um, that's that's my goal. Yeah. So you you would know, having been formerly of the Erie, that Oakenhold used to be a very important military outpost for the Erie. Um, but when the dynasty collapsed, um, you know, it was lost. And more recently, the the Marquis has moved in and conquered the clearing. Um, so as you're talking about it, you know, the, the sergeant is very indignant about the current state of Oakenhold. Um, and does mention that, you know, they, they can't escort you all the way in. Um, they have to stop, uh, some ways out so that they, they don't run into, to the bulk of the marquee forces that are stationed there. Um, so a, a lot of what you get is kind of griping about these foreign invaders and lost glory of the Erie and, you know, we're, we're, hoping to retake it and et cetera, et cetera. My eye is twitching very <laughs> subtly throughout this conversation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, it sounds sounds great. <laughs> Vix, what are you up to? Uh, I think I'm going to chat up the remaining guard. Yeah. So y'all are stationed out of Sundell, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Uh we have been there um pretty much since the the sheriff uh moved in to to restore order there. It has been a an interesting posting. Yeah, it's quite a place. A lot of lot, a lot of interesting produce. Uh to like just sort of start yammering about like the various things you can buy in the market on the different days of the week and like just sort of like make small talk about like food and pleasantries and try and feel out like what these guys like you know just their their personal tastes and interests yeah um so this soldier who will will introduce herself as kira uh as as you continue to talk you know seems to be sort of a kindred spirit to you and that uh is is much more of a townie likes the city life um sundell is a, a little bit of a a little more of a sleepy town. The monastery is kind of the main establishment there. And so there's there's not a lot of, you know, excitement or, or activity or, or events happening. Um, so I, I think that, you know, she she's trying to be polite, but is is sort of like, yeah, I'd, I'd really like to be posted. <laughs> you know, I was hoping to be posted somewhere with a little more action, a little more excitement, but has has enjoyed visiting the markets, um, you know, is is usually there kind of on patrol. And even if she's there kind of as a customer, she she complains that, you know, the the people always seem to be very hostile or they're suspicious and seem to be struggling with the the you know return of of their former rulers which is troubling and it's going to be difficult to to restore you know order and stability to the the woodland yeah folks have problems with change sometimes you know Yes, we're, that's, I'm trying to be understanding, but, uh, you know, it's, we really do mean the best, you know, we, we want things to be stable again, all of this fighting and chaos, it's, it's not good for anyone. Yeah, it's, it, 
it feels, I mean, I know there's, there's some tension, but it feels a lot safer with the area there. Like when I see you guys around, I feel like, like there's less to worry about, you know? I am so glad to hear that. Eyes oh. twitching a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try that pleasant facade roll again. Fix just sort of snickering off on the other side of the cart. There we go. That's a that's a twelve. So I've got uh, okay. So three hold to use to divert suspicion or aggression. Yeah, if if it arises. So you all continue on for another couple hours. Um, it's pretty mundane. Um, at some point, uh, you know, the the conversation does roll around to. So what are you transporting? Pickled provisions. <laughs> yeah. When when we go into that, Vix definitely makes a face like you do not want to eat these. Like they're edible, technically. They're very strong. <laughs> very very strong. Good cop, bad cop, or like good salesman, bad salesman. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Linden's like they're the best pickled provisions in all the land. <laughs> that's definitely Everyone accurate like, the other two are just like shaking their heads don't eat no. <laughs> that's accurate on the scale of pickled provisions but that's not saying much <laughs> so after after a couple hours the other soldier who's been doing kind of the, the aerial scouting suddenly uh, lands next to the others um, in, in kind of a, a rustle of, of feathers and uh grabs the the sergeant by the arm and and leans in and whispers something um and the sergeant like stops and kind of holds up his hand and uh you know gesturing for for you all to stop as well um and it's like you're certain and the the soldier nods um and the sergeant kind of stops and and frowns and then turns back and says uh i'm afraid we may have to stop here for a time, if not the night, um, Eord here reports that <sighs> there is a deer in the path ahead. Now, to explain what this means, the creatures of the woodland are, you know, mice and foxes and beavers and birds, but they're all kind of scaled up to be human proportion. Deer are also scaled up proportionately. Mm. they are very large and almost more myth than real creature most people probably have never seen one there's a lot of kind of legends and stories about them um they they can deliver blessings or curses and it's not often understood what kind of provokes one or the other um i do want to ask though from each of you what legends or or myths has has each of you heard about deer either you know growing up during your training just overheard in in bars i think fix knows a story about you know it's just an old story from the town that she's from where there was a deer that people would sometimes see way out in the woods and it would steal hearts, not literally, but it would, people would find themselves longing for it 
like the way that you long for like an old friend or like your mother's cooking and they wouldn't be able to stop thinking about it and it would distract people to the point where you know their lives would start falling apart because they would be fixated and this was this was an old story you you haven't you never met anybody who was under this distraction no right? there's definitely you know everyone says they knew a guy who knew a guy who's whose cousin you know fell apart but you know you know that cousin and he just you know his business failed yeah (laughs) yeah i like that i think i think there's a rumor amongst eerie lords and perhaps also like top soldiers or generals that the antler of a deer like it would be foolish to try to actually sort of take on and and fight and slay a deer, but the truly brave uh sometimes will pursue a deer to take part of its antler to like cut off part of its antler to forge a impossibly strong and sharp weapon i think this is oh. this is a rumor that probably no one has really confirmed. There's always like, oh, my cousin, you know, that sort of thing. Like, no one no one really knows anyone who's done this, but it's sort of persistent in the upper echelon of the Eerie. Yeah. From back where Thick is originally from, deer were very good omens that when they were to, when you were to come across one, it was usually to help a lost yeah a lost traveler on their way or leading pointing someone to a uh boon for them yeah that's mostly what uh thicks heard that get oh there's a deer something good is about to happen in that direction and it's even more so if you're able to get a good look at them okay so yeah, the, the sergeant has ordered you all to stop and is basically refusing to move forward until uh, he can confirm that the, the deer has moved on. And I, I think that the uh, Kira is going to take over on uh, sort of the, the aerial scouting and is just sort of doing loops over the path to, to keep an eye out. So do you think that you all are just going to wait here or are you going to try to press on or I'm for pressing on. Uh, Vix definitely indicates that like the opposite. She's like, uh, I don't want to lose this decent situation we have. Yeah. I would prefer to wait it out as well. All right. So you all wait on the path for a while. And Kira kind of comes back and loops overhead a few times and, and does some, some signaling with her wings to indicate that it's, it's not safe to move forward. And after a little bit, um, Dugan just kind of says, I, you know, looks like we're going to have to start setting up camp. And so he and, and Eward are starting to unpack things when, um, you know, like they've set their packs down, they're kind of rummaging around. Uh, when Kira suddenly just like crash lands next to them in in great alarm and just manages to gasp out, "It's coming!" And then the the deer steps into view down the path ahead of you, uh, illuminated by the moonlight. 
Uh, it's a doe, so no antlers, but it, it towers above you. The, the three eerie soldiers, uh, start backing up and Dugan just will, will whisper, I think, to, to Lyndon, who is closest. It just says, fly and tell them to run. And I think the three of them are just going to take off. <laughs> Towards Fuck. the deer or away? Away. Oh, they're running away. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Uh, they are. <laughs> they don't get paid enough to deal with mythical creatures of legend. <laughs> Do we? I, I understand deer are sort of, uh, as you said, mythical. Do we know like anything ab- aside from these rumors we shared? Like, are they inclined to be aggressive? Not. No, they they are not known to like physically attack people. It's just they seem to have some kind of otherworldly powers. Like on a meta level, this is not a setting with magic, generally speaking. But deer are kind of an exception. Um, if you run into a bear, a bear is going to just try to eat you very very hard Hmm. Uh, (laughs) it's a bear uh, people understand bears if you see a bear you run away you get the local army and then you come back (laughs) um but deer are not known to be aggressive deer are strange and and unknown and the that's that's why people fear them because nobody really knows what they're capable of i think i'm going to pull the cart and the and guide the beetle i suppose um off the path i guess so that if this deer approaches our our cargo's not in the way um, okay so i'm gonna i'll start there vix is going to help in that she is going to walk sort of beside and behind the cart like pushing at it but never actually making contact while staring at the deer with her mouth open. <laughs> uh, and what is what is Thick doing? Thick is the one I think who has the most positive feelings about about the deer. I think since we were starting to make camp, Thick would have taken a small sapling as food and would be slowly gnawing on it and walking eyes wide. Pretty much straight at the deer, trying to, with arms sort of held up, trying to not exactly shoo the deer away from the cart and to the other side of the uh, path, but kind of doing that even though they're up to, like, their hoof. <laughs> so as, as Thick approaches, the, the deer lowers her head to, to kind of look at you. And give me, hmm, I, it's, it's hard to tell exactly what her expression is, what, what, what she is thinking, um, cause this is sort of a, you know, you, you've never really had to interact with a creature like this before. And she, she, she has stopped walking and just sort of lowers her head to look at you. Um, isn't, isn't moving, isn't doing anything aggressive, but it's just sort of studying you. While this is happening, I have grabbed Lyndon by the wrist and am just <laughs> staring. At me or the deer? <laughs> At the deer and trying to like point you in that direction. 
Yes, I I see the deer. I'm I'm quite aware. <laughs> I'm making sure our cargo is secure. Uh huh. Just unintelligible squeak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I I think I'm just watching thick. Like once once everything's secure, I'm just sort of like part in awe, part in like concern. Uh, just watching <laughs> thick approach this deer. Yeah. Well. With Thick, Thick would be uh, going on or gnawing on the sapling from the base of the tiny trunk, so leaving a lot of the leaves in there intact, at least till now. And since it's in hand, sort of turning it around and putting the leafy bits up towards the uh, deer's snout. Okay. Almost trying to feed it, like, I don't know. Yeah. So the the deer kind of stretches forward a little bit and sniffs at the, the sapling leaves. Um, and then in what is probably a very terrifying moment for you, will will open her mouth and very delicately takes it in her teeth, which, again, the proportional size difference here, this is like, oh, okay, you could just take my arm off if you wanted, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, but is is she's very careful. We'll, we'll very carefully take the, the offered leaves um, and we'll crunch the whole thing down. And then she she straightens up and something in, in her eyes has kind of changed. It's reflecting the, the silver light of the moon as she looks at each one of you. And you each feel, uh, for for a moment, it's that kind of relieved relaxed feeling of when you get home after a long day, even if maybe for some of you, you haven't had that feeling in a very long time. Just this this feeling of kind of, for a moment, like you are in a place that is safe. And then the feeling passes, and the silver light disappears from her eyes, and she turns and walks into the forest. And... In a few minutes, uh, the, the sound of her, her hooves uh, on the ground and, and her body kind of brushing against the branches and underbrush uh, fades away, and you're left alone on this moonlit path. I turn to the other two, just sort of with a absolute giddy smile and pointing off in the direction that the deer disappeared in, and back at me and back at the deer path, and just... <laughs> Absolutely just overjoyed. Vix throws her arms around Thick and just is like almost crying and just says, I really thought she was gonna eat you. <laughs> Lyndon's just clapping, just <laughs> Bravo. Bravo. Uh and mechanically, each of you has has been awarded uh the deer's blessing. Which, uh, at any point uh, from now till the end of the adventure, you can give yourself plus one on a single roll. Awesome. Nice. Yep. Woo. Because you, you were kind to the deer. So, your eerie patrol is gone. The deer is gone. You can continue onward. Your, your beetle seems completely unfazed by everything that has happened. I just pat pat the beetles, uh, chitin, like good good beetle. 
<laughs> Very steadfast. Yes. <laughs> Not smart enough to understand <laughs> what's happening around it. Um, yeah, so you all can continue on. Do you all want to... Anything you wish to discuss as you, you continue on your journey? Uh, I think Fix is back up on the cart riding uh, and just, like, offers her <laughs> flask down to the others silently. Lyndon takes it and takes a, a small drink and then uh, pass it to, to Thick. Just say, I was quite brave of you. How, how did you know that would work? I didn't, but everything I've heard about deer is that they're very nice. At least to travelers who are not a threat to it, so I tried not to be a threat. It was worth a shot. And it was a long sapling. <laughs> <laughs> well, quite bold of you, Thick. I am impressed. Well, thank you. And Thick will take a deep swig and hand it back. So, you continue on. Uh, your Your journey is... Largely uneventful, though you're all probably starting to get pretty tired uh, as the, the night winds down. Um, and you are in the, the wee hours of the morning when you hear uh, rustling off to the side of the path um, and, and kind of see a, a figure emerge from the underbrush. And it, it's kind of too dark to, to make them out initially, but... Uh, you you hear a voice say, uh, "Excuse me, can you can you help?" Yes. Oh boy! <laughs> Without hesitation, I mean, Lyndon leap, leaps from the cart and lands with <laughs> a flourish. Uh, as as you get closer, you see that this is a cat. Cats are not natives of the woodland. Pretty much all of the cats that are here came in with the uh, Marquis uh, when when they moved in to try to conquer the woodland, and they're they're kind of standing by the side of the road. Seems to be favoring one leg. Um, they they've got kind of one one hand or one paw on the the tree beside them to kind of support their weight. What is your name and what happened? Um, Tell me your tale. I'm. Ah, <laughs> uh, my my name's Cinder. Um. I I was trying to make my way down the the path and I was attacked by some some brigands they took pretty much everything I had and, and left me here scoundrels uh yeah I'm definitely scanning the woods for any other signs of motion or recent passage yeah <laughs> um why don't you sounds like you are reading a tense situation I would say so yeah, so why don't you go ahead and uh, this would be rolling with cunning. Oh, that's an 11. Okay, so you um, can ask three of the, the questions from our, our list here. Yeah, step one, what should I be on the lookout for? As you're kind of scanning the area, like expecting an ambush, either from these brigands or from the Marquis, you, you realize that... This is not the marquee tactics. Like the, the, the Woodland Alliance would do something like this. They would set up an ambush with a wounded person left out by the side of the road. But the marquee is much more traditional in their tactics. They would just march in with a squad. So it's unlikely that there's about to be a, a marquee attack. Maybe, maybe brigands if, uh, if Cinder is telling the truth, but. You're you're pretty sure that you're not about to get jumped by the marquee. Okay. 
who is in control here? You're pretty sure that the three of you are. You you have Cinder outnumbered. They seem to be injured. Ultimately, you can probably go faster if you get this beetle, you know, to, to move at a gallop. So you you all do have the, the upper hand here. Hmm. Okay. I don't know if any of these other questions are relevant right now, so I'll say that's it. Yeah, or if you have another question you'd like to, to ask um, that's not on the list, I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, can I figure out how she was injured? Like, what kind of injury? So without doing, like, a, an actual examination, just kind of uh, eyeballing mm-hmm. from, from where you're standing, they're, um, like, pant leg, uh, the leg that they're, they're favoring is kind of ripped. Um, you can see what looks like some... Uh, blood matted into the fur. It it does look like they they got maybe a, a gash or cut of some kind on their leg. Okay. Yeah, in that case, I'm just going to stay up there alert and let Lyndon take the continue taking the lead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and not intervene at the moment. Lyndon is <laughs> Lyndon's out here about to swear fealty. <laughs> it's, it's possible. We'll see where things go. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's fine as long as we're uh, not about to get jumped. Yeah. You do you. Were these ruffians nearby? Perhaps we could attempt to secure your belongings. If not, you're welcome to travel with us. We're heading to Oakenhold. Okay, I'm rescinding that you do you. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's been a few hours. Um I'm I'm not really sure. Uh but uh passage um back to Oakenhold would be much appreciated. Climb aboard our beetle. <laughs> so Cinder will 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 limp over um and will probably need need some help getting up. Um Yeah, help them up. Yeah, sit down and sort of look at the the three of you with a, you know, some some curiosity. It's like it's Awfully late or early to be out on the roads. I was expecting to be stuck here for quite a while longer. What are you all doing here? Yeah, we threw a wheel. It cost us like six hours. Terrible luck. Yeah. Uh, Total mess. Then we got held up by so many other things. It's It's been a night. Seems to be a lot of poor luck going around. Oh, but perhaps things are, are changing for the better now. Um, they, they will kind of settle in with their, their leg kind of stretched out in front of them. Yeah, actually, I, I might, uh, see if I can help them bandage it up slash, you know, splash Mm. a little whiskey on it. (laughs) You've, you've been around for a while, Vix, and I think that kind of as, as you move closer and get a better look at Cinder, um, you can tell that what they're wearing is kind of, a a stripped down, like dirty uh version of the uh marquee uniform hmm like you 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 know the 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 kind of traditional uh orange sort of uniform jacket is missing but you recognize the rest of the pieces are the the you know the the same style and, and cut and fabric and everything noted but not commented on all right <laughs> Uh, so you're all gonna uh, c- continue on your your journey. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. 
So, uh, as the, the sun, uh, starts to, to come up over the horizon, you, you can see the trees thinning up ahead, uh, as you approach Oakenhold. Um, and already there are, like, you, you can see people moving around sort of, uh, within the clearing. Um, Oakenhold is a major trade center in this part of the woodland. Um, it has, five paths coming out of it, which is a lot. Um, Sundell only had three. Um, so a lot of trade mm. moves through here. And for, there, there are marquee guards kind of posted outside the town proper. But fortunately, you're not going into the town proper. You, you are heading over to uh, Donna's Orchard. Mm. So you... you uh, do you, okay, so I guess my first question is, are you bringing Cinder with you? <laughs> or are you dropping them off? I um, would almost make... Go ahead. Uh, I think I'm going to sort of pat them on the arm and be like, are you going to be okay if we just drop you off? Like, with the implication of, like, is there going to be, like, a social or legal problem? Um... Uh, and I might be trying to figure them out. Yeah, yeah. I think I think roll that. Ooh, no, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pair of ones. Yikes! For a total Ooh. of four. So uh, Cinder kind of glances towards the town and makes a face and is like, "Um, I mean, I could find a spot to lay low for a bit, but uh." I, I should probably stay outside the town for a little while. Okay. We if, can do that. If that's okay. Hmm. Are you in some sort of trouble? Um, I was trying to leave Oakenhold. Hmm. And I will have to try again once my leg is patched up. Hmm. We're gonna have to go back after this, right? Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, we could, could stash. I mean, if only to get paid. Well, no, you're, you, Donna is going to pay you the other half, so uh, you don't okay, actually have mind. to go back to Sundell. Yeah, once once you're done here, you all are kind of free to do whatever you want. But we don't have to go. We're just going to the orchard. We don't have to go into the city, right? Yeah, if if you don't want to, you do not have to. We could stash our injured cat somewhere with one of us, and two of us could go and deliver. Just to give our Woodland Alliance ally a bit of a uh, break between someone who might cat them out or uh, otherwise. <laughs> I caught that pun. That was very good. Um, I'm happy to escort Cinder while the two of you complete our delivery. I think that makes sense. I think that makes sense? That makes sense to me. Makes sense to us. Uh, all right. Cinder will if gingerly get down, hobble over to uh, sit down on a, a nearby rock. Yeah, I I'll uh, hop. Well, I guess I'm. I don't know if I'm on the cart. I'll uh, I'll I'll disembark whatever I'm uh, riding Madame on, um, and uh, sit down next to them and pull out my chess set and unfold it and start pulling the pieces out. <laughs> All right, and Cinder seems to kind of like brighten up a little bit at, at that. Um, the other two of you continue on uh, towards the orchard, and 
you know, it's it's fairly early, uh, so you're kind of expecting it to be quiet. And for the most part, it, it is very quiet out here, which is why uh, the shouting uh, carries to you so easily. It, I, I think when you hear it, it's it's you're too far away to to tell uh, what exactly is uh, being said, but you you can hear there there's raised angry voices shouting from somewhere near the the back of the orchard, which is where it seems like kind of the all the buildings are in that direction. It might maybe roll the cart off the road, like. Just far enough that it's out of immediate sight. And then you want to approach on foot? That seems like a good idea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. let's do it's, that. It's an orchard, so you can kind of guide the beetle off so it's it's not uh, too easy to, to spot. It, it will happily start munching on some, some fallen fruit. Um, and then... Yeah, I think if you want to sneak closer, uh, I believe you would be attempting a roguish feat. Yeah. Unless either, if, if either of you happen to have any kind of um, playbook abilities that relate to stealth, uh, you could also possibly use those. But otherwise, it'll just be uh, rolling with finesse. That's it for me. Yeah, that would be it for me, too. Yeah. Oh, it's bad, too. Oh, no. Finesse is not my strong suit, and I rolled a six, which makes it a five. Oof. <laughs> I did make, I did slightly better than that and got a six. <laughs> so you both failed, is what I'm hearing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So the two of you attempt to sneak up the path towards the, the back of the orchard, and as you are going... Uh, both of you are, are so like, you're, you're both watching, like looking ahead, trying to hear as you get closer, you kind of start to be able to hear what's happening and you can hear, uh, someone shouting, you know, in the name of the Marquis, you are under arrest for, uh, conspiracy and treason. Um, and then you hear somebody else shouting, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never heard of this Woodland Alliance. I'm, you know, this is just my orchard. Yelling back and forth. Um, it's, it's getting pretty heated. Uh, it, it seems like your contact may have gotten caught and is being arrested. Uh, and as the two of you are getting close, you're both just so fixated on listening to this argument that neither of you notice the giant branch laying across the path, and you both just trip and face first into the dirt. And when you raise your heads, the group of four marquee soldiers who are standing there surrounding a very outraged-looking fox woman uh, are all staring at you. Hi, are we too early to buy apples? <laughs> I was here for a very uh, tasty sapling. <laughs> oh, you're going to have to roll something. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> deceive. I think this is just tricking an NPC. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've got anything that's super going to help with that right now. I really don't. Yeah. Let me hmm. see... Seven. Uh, I will. I will say. Okay. Um, if you'd like, um, and I'll, I'll allow a reroll on this. Um, one of you could mark exhaustion to help the other, 
So like one of you basically could be making the roll. Mm. I would or you can both roll gladly mark exhaustion like. to help. Okay. So you can either keep your roll and add a one to it, <laughs> or you can re-roll with a, an additional plus one. I'll leave it up to you. I'll take the gamble and re-roll. All right. And it's an eight, so more or less the same. Okay, so let me see what happens on a partial. On a seven to nine, the NPC can still choose one. Or, or they, they choose one. They hesitate, they stumble, or they overreact. I think they're going to overreact. Yeah, I kind of thought they would. <laughs> that sounds right. Yep. The one who seems to be in charge of this, who was doing most of the shouting, um, just levels his sword at you and just says, More Alliance spies! Arrest them too! Uh, so both of you will get plus one forward, which means you can put plus one on, on your next roll, but, uh, you, you're, you're going to be attacked. <laughs> so we are going to move into combat. How many of them are there? There are four. Oh boy. Yes. I will, uh, let Lyndon, uh, if you would like to make a, a roll of some kind, you can kind of tell me how, how you might want to approach this to see if you realize something is off or if you hear the, the shouting hmm. or if you notice something that you all missed on your way in uh, to, to realize that you, your friends are in need. Um, maybe read a tense situation. Well, I don't know anything's tense. It, <laughs> this is my worst role, but it feels like it would just be trusting fate. I think so. Yeah. Uh, okay, I will trust fate. Yes. No. <laughs> oh no! What did you get? Uh, it's a five on the dice minus one. <laughs> so Oof. four. All right. Cinder yeah, and so I you're are having just... a very pleasant game of chess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's um, going really well. They're, yeah, they're they're a very good chess player. Um, so like you're you're both having to sit there like contemplate. Uh, you know, your moves a lot. And like, you're also kind of discussing the like the metaphor of this of, you know, I, I it's probably come out by this point that, you know, I, I think Cinder has revealed that they they deserted from the Marquis army. So perhaps you have also shared how you left the service of the Eerie. So like, you're both, you know, the the metaphor of, of two former servants of these rival powers now oh, yeah. coming together to reenact on a small scale the battle. And just it's very philosophical. It is. It's very deep. It's very metaphorical. Uh, and I'm just completely lost. Yeah, you're you're having a great time. All right, so there's a whole special set of weapon moves, and yeah, how, however you all want to get into this, you've you've got for for what it's worth, uh, only three of them are moving into attack right now. One of them is holding Donna, the the fox lady, who is supposed to be your contact. Does Thick carry a weapon? Uh, no. I mean, you have a hammer. I've got a hammer, mm. but... I'm just sort of uh, attempting to appraise our normal tactic in this situation, which I think is depend on others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, usually Lyndon draws a sword. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Um, yeah you, you can use your hammer as a weapon. Okay. How Are they all close to us or just the one who approached first? I think that one is... 
closest. They're they're at um you know close range. The the others are are still moving in. They're they're a little bit further away. Okay, I um Ben, if you have any thoughts, feel free to go first. I have an idea that's probably bad. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> beyond doing the normal uh, beaver uh, have being threatened thing of smacking my tail on the ground a lot, as loudly as possible, I don't really have anything going on for what I'm wanting to do. Okay, in that case, I'm going to throw whiskey in his face and shout, book it, and then book it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is, I have a move for this. Okay, great, um, great. Technically, this is the confused senses move. Um, oh, yes. But I have the uh, vagrant ability pocket sand, which allows me to, <laughs> if I am throwing something in someone's face at close range, roll with cunning instead of finesse. Yes, yes. Do that. <laughs> oh, that's a 10. I forgot that that ability was called pocket sand. Yep. Okay, so what, what, what do you get on a hit? On a 10, on a 10 plus, they have to take some time to get their bearings and restore their senses before they can act clearly again. Uh, yeah, so then, yeah, you, you chuck the whiskey, and I think that the, there's this, this beautiful spray of, of whiskey arcing through the morning sunlight, and it just hits this cat straight in the eyes, uh, and he will let out a yowl and kind of start wiping at his eyes, and it's like, stop them, stop them, while, you know, with, with his, his paws over his eyes as he's frantically wiping them. So the other two uh, are going to give chase, but they're a little bit further away. So, uh, uh, Thick, you, you can also just book it if you'd like. <laughs> I just, as much as booking it makes sense, it just <laughs> doesn't quite feel like Thick. That's fair. So what, what would you like to do instead? Well, there's now this very distracted person that seems to have several joints, uh, exposed. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> you sure do, bud. Oh, everything looks like a nail. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not everything. Some things just look like boards that need to be um, split. Yes, let's go with Oof. that. Do you have a particular combat, like special playbook combat moves, or? Uh, no, I'm entirely such a mechanic. I mean, okay, so I, I think we're we're basically. Uh, engaging sword to sword, yeah. although it's actually more engaging hammer to knee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so you will be uh, trading, or you're, you're you're rolling with might. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that gets me a nine total. Okay, so uh, you can pick one. Off of the list. Uh, I like the idea of frightening my foe. Okay. So, so tell me, how do you, how do you do that? How do you frighten this already uh, confused, burning eyed <laughs> well, marquee captain? With their eyes burning, I'm sort of thinking a large uh, rodent swinging their hammer wildly at them. And also getting in their face with my teeth is going to 
absolutely uh, skeeve them out and very much frighten them because, well, okay, hammers to joints are really bad, but yeah. teeth that can go through trees, that's also pretty scary. Also pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, I think that th- this is going to, to do damage to their morale. Uh, you, you, have, you have frightened, but you, you are trading harm. You're not avoiding mm-hmm. the attack. So he is going to just uh, still kind of not, not able to see very well more in a, in a panic, uh, just draws his, his sword and just kind of slashes out and I think gets a, gets a cut in on you because you are like right up in his face. Yeah. And so when the blade comes out, you're not really able to dodge back. So you are going to mark one injury. Okay. And yeah, uh, I think, Vix, you are able to just sprint back through the orchard. Um, you are being pursued by by two two soldiers. Yeah, so Lyndon and I have been, you know, doing this kind of thing together for a little while. Uh, yeah. So I have no idea if he's within earshot, but uh, Vix sticks two fingers in her mouth and lets out a series of high, shrill whistles that they've done before to indicate alarm and just kind of hopes for the best. Okay. I, I think at this point that, that does break through the, the philosophical fog <laughs> that has fallen upon Lyndon. So yeah, Lyndon, you, you are, you are contemplating uh, Cinder's most recent move in this chess game. When, when you hear these, these sh- sharp piercing whistles cutting through the air. I'm so sorry. My, my companions are in trouble. Will you be all right here for a moment? Um, yes, I, I think I should be. Excellent. We'll pick this up when I get back. Uh, and Lyndon <laughs> leaps up uh, and starts taking off towards the sound of the whistling. Okay. So, yeah, uh, Vix, I think you very quickly see. Uh, Lyndon, are you, like, fully in flight? Can I fly? Yeah, you're a crane. You can fly. Amazing. I'm absolutely flying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I think v- Vix, you you look up and see just Lyndon go boom, <laughs> shooting overhead. Uh, Lyndon, do you do you land by? Yeah, I would land right next to because I don't know what the situation is. So I'd land next to Vix and be like, "What is what is happening? What's going on?" Uh, we felt we we interrupted a raid, and we're kind of getting raided. Yep, there's there's two marquee soldiers running towards you, shouting at you to stop and drop your weapons. Uh, instead of. You know, doing that, uh, I'm going to draw my weapon. Um, do I actually? That's a question. Do I have a weapon? There wasn't one. There wasn't a space for one on my character sheet, but I. It feels like I should. You do the. Um, I don't think we went through equipment in any particular detail, and it it, it makes sense that you'd have a sword. Okay. Uh, I yeah. <laughs> yeah. I draw my sword. I think take two steps and then leap off the ground into the air and. Uh, hurtle towards the closest of the two that's flying towards us. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, again, unless you do, you, do you have a, a particular uh, combat ability that you from your playbook that you'd like to use? Well, so are is it just the two of them, or are, are all four of these close enough that I could conceivably storm a group? Uh, it's just the two of them right now. Okay. I think I'm just gonna um, yeah. engage the closest one in melee then. Okay, so you'll be engaging sword to sword. Roll yes. of might. Okay. That is a 10. Plus 2, 12. Ex- 
Awesome. Okay, so uh, you you can pick three off of this list. Do I need to shift my range one step because I'm closing in, or are we already sort of destined for hand to hand combat? Uh, yeah, I think you're you're destined for hand to hand. Okay. So. <laughs> well, then I will. Uh, I guess I will inflict serious harm, suffer suffer little harm, and uh, I would like to dismay my my foe. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I think you just plow into the the one in front who today's made the mistake of being a little <laughs> more aggressive, and yeah, there, there's just kind of a, a, a splash of blood, and they they fall to the ground, injured badly enough that they are out of the fight, and the the other one uh, is just kind of staring at you with wide eyes. <laughs> it's kind of like. Uh, this was supposed to be an easy arrest. What is happening? Uh, so let's let's go back over to Thick. I'm currently in melee combat with the captain, and one of the yes. flunkies is. One of the flunkies is standing back, kind of a whole res- restraining Donna, um, who is also like. He he has the advantage that he already had her grappled, but she is fighting like hell to get loose. Okay. So he kind of has his hands full with uh, Angry Fox Lady, who's just fighting dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I like Donna. She is grabbing whiskers. She is throwing <laughs> elbows. It's 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 brutal. Perfect. So he's 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 dealing with his own situation over there. All right, I'm gonna. Yell out, yell out, yell, let her go, and then I'm going to, with my hammer, and sort of do a another melee attack, sort of swinging with the hammer and almost doing a pirouette to also try and smack with my tail. Ooh, okay, I like it. Um, so yeah, uh, roll again with might. An eleven. Nice. Okay, so you also get to to pick three off of the list okay with three i will go with inflict serious harm want to impress and suffer little harm okay yeah i i think you do this this spin and just it's a you know one two combo on this captain gets the hammer and then while he's staggered from that gets the tail um and i think he he crumples um and uh, both Donna and the remaining captain, or not captain, both Donna and the remaining soldier do in fact look impressed. And then <laughs> Donna like reaches back and punches him in the face. Perfect. <laughs> uh, so Vix, uh, Lyndon has just very dramatically taken out one of the soldiers that was pursuing you. There's, there's one remaining. Do you want to try and attack or are you going to hang back and let Lyndon handle the combat? I think I'm going to let him handle it for the moment. Um, <laughs> if, if I recall, you didn't, you don't carry weapons. No. Um, <laughs> this is what is happening now is more or less my usual strategy. I have a backup plan in case things go further south, but I think I'm going to sit on it for now. Okay. Well then, Lyndon, do you want to? Uh, yeah, I'm going to point my sword at the, I guess the last remaining guard and just say, surrender. I think this is persuade an NPC. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> not not my greatest, not my greatest, but we'll see what happens here. 
Yeah. Uh, you, yeah, and don't forget, you all do still have Deer's yes. Blessing. Uh, that is a eight on the dice plus zero. So no, no room okay. for the Deer's Blessing so. on this one. All right, yeah. So they they hesitate. They're not actively moving to attack you, but they're also not actively surrendering. And they kind of like their their eyes dart back, kind of towards where their captain was. Um, and basically, they they are unwilling to surrender if they think they're going to get caught doing so. I'm going to take a step forward and flip my sword so I'm holding it sort of like pommel out and and speak to them further and, and just say there is no dishonor in this but if you need an alibi I'm happy to give you one you're just so you're offering to just I'm offering to just out. like or even just hit them so it looks like I did okay uh yeah I, I think there's another like darting of eyes kind of between you and then back towards their their captain and you and back and you and then they just kind of give you a small nod yeah, and I, I, you know, broadside them with the the yeah the pommel. <laughs> yeah, bonk. Um, and yeah, they will uh, fall over a bit more theatrically <laughs> <laughs> than is necessary, and just kind of lay there. Um, so Vix and Linden, you are now free to move forward. Thick, you have uh, taken out the captain. And I, I think that. Uh, the the remaining soldier was distracted enough by his captain getting knocked out that Donna was able to uh, take care of him. So as as Lyndon and Vix make their way up to the buildings here, uh, you you see this uh, tall, sort of disheveled fox woman stomping down the steps, um, hands on her hips, and she's like. The nerve of these soldiers storming in here to my establishment, throwing around all of these horrible accusations. Atrocious. Uh, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. We're, we're not actually open for business yet, um, but I, I appreciate the help. Is there anything I can do for you? Were we given like a code word or anything? <laughs> yeah, it just occurred to me that you probably should have been. Um, yeah, I, I think that... If you just say that you have a, a special delivery from Sundell, is is what you were supposed to tell her. We have a special delivery from Sundell, and I think I wink, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so she kind of uh, blinks and is like, "Oh, wonderful! That would explain why you fought back against them. Great! That's fantastic." Uh, that's going to be a huge help, especially now. Um, where, where is the, kind of looking around, you all left the beetle back in the trees unless, did Lyndon and, and Vix, did you bring the, the cart with you? Uh, no, I think I should be like, he's, he's back there just off the road. Yeah, so she, she will kind of hustle along with you, um, back to the, the cart, um, clambers up on the, onto your, your cart, um, and just, kind of, you know, pats at her apron and then will look at, at Thick and be like, do you have a, a hammer or a crowbar or something? <laughs> uh, yes. And comes over with the hammer I've been using to yeah. do pretty much everything with. All right, here. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, she'll, she'll use that to kind of um, pry up some of the the boards and and gets one of the crates open and you can now see um that not only does this contain weapons but it also contains some 
pristine uh, marquee uniforms mm. for for probably some kind of infiltration mission. Uh, and she just lets out a big sigh of relief and is like, oh, yes, this is going to be a, a big, a big help. Thank you. Um, if you'll... Uh, Come with me. Uh, let me let me get you your your payment. Um, oh, I am going to have to do something with all of them. Are they? Did you leave them all alive, or did Lynn? <laughs> I think did I, that, that's the I? only one that I think. Um, I, it's kind of up to you if if you wanted that strike to be lethal or not. You you definitely did some damage, but I think the intent was not lethal. Just you know, okay, significant, but yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, there. He didn't kill anybody. <laughs> she, she's just <sighs> ducks back into the house and comes back out with um, three, uh, you know, similar kind of purses, but also uh, three large sacks that she she will hand out to each of you. Um, that if if you look inside, are, are stuffed full of apples. <laughs> it's like <sighs> figure you're going to have a, a fair bit of journeying to do, and these keep you're good for the road. You are most kind. Thank you, Donna. Oh, thank you. Um, now, uh, you all should be on your way. Uh, I need to clean up and then be on my way because I have been compromised and I do not want to get arrested. So, <sighs> busy day for all of us, I think. Quite. Mm-hmm. So it seems. So, yeah, the the... The three of you can uh, depart the orchard with your payment and your apples. Um, Cinder is is nervously sitting where they were left, um, kind of lo- looking around. Uh, they, they've gotten up and are kind of, you know, clearly trying to, to see. And they look very relieved when when the three of you emerge. It's like, oh, I, I heard fighting. And I, I mean, there, there's not really much I can do. But um, is everything okay? I tossed them an apple. and like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think all three. I think we all had the same idea. <laughs> so Cinder just gets hit with like three apples. <laughs> <laughs> Catches one, the other two just sort of bounce off. <laughs> oh, uh, th- thank you. I think I can't tell if this is a gesture of friendship or assault. <laughs> Welcome to the party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so the the four of you, having adopted a new party member, uh, can can set off yeah, back into the woods. And that is the end of our adventure for today. Woo! Yeah. Cool. Yay! Yeah. Thanks for running. That was great. Amazing. Yes. Thank yeah, you. This thank was you awesome. all for playing. That was thank very you. Fun. Yeah. This this was very fun. I'm Re. Pronouns she and her. And today I was your GM and episode editor. Check out Clever Corvids Productions at clevercorvids.net and follow us on Twitter at clever underscore corvids. If you are an RPG writer or designer and you're interested in making your game documents the best they can be, visit rpgskillcheck.net where I offer high-quality copy editing and digital accessibility services for the RPG community. Hey everyone, I'm Quinn. My pronouns are he, him. Today I am playing Lyndon Quell, the Crane Ronin. Uh, You can usually find me over at Monster Hour, where I am the GM and editor. Monster Hour is a narratively driven Monster of the Week actual play podcast. Our vibe is somewhere between Stranger Things, Scooby-Doo, and Buffy. 
Uh, and although I don't have a uh, personal Twitter, you can usually find me behind the wheel over at Monster Hour Pod. Hello, I'm Bang Yindel. My pronouns are they, them. I'm playing the Tinker Beaver, Thicktail. You can find more of me at the Hydean Way on Twitter or theheideanway.com. I'm Ben LeBate. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Reciprocity. I play on and produce the Chimera, an actual play podcast bringing you strange fiction across a variety of genres and game systems, which you can find at thechimera.space or on Twitter at ChimeraPod. Uh, by the time this comes out, uh, you can also find me hosting Dark and Stormy Nights, the podcast where we read the first page and only the first page of every novel ever written, which you can find at Dark Nights Reads on Twitter or at darknightsreads.com. And you can find the mini RPGs that I make at mrreciprocity.itch.io. The intro and outro music for all IPM episodes is composed by Benny James. Our graphic art and logo are by Matthias Grelly. You can support International Podcast Month by sharing and talking about the event, and you can even buy our team members a coffee. Links are in the show notes. Follow us at PodMonth on Twitter. Head on over to internationalpodcastmonth.com for the month-long blog and for more information about the event. International Podcast Month. Celebrating creators, sharing listeners. 